Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. Sometimes really old movies, sometimes just a few years old movies. I really need to nail down like a proper introduction you for the really show. You really do. It's been like I, nine, ten months, and still nothing. I just I phrase it a different way every time, and every single time it sounds worse than the last. Yeah, we're talking about movies. Uh, in this episode, this is actually the winner of our Patreon vote for the month. Uh, obviously on Patreon, $5 tier and up, uh, the patrons get to vote between four movies for the following month. So the winner of last month's vote is this, which is uh, Ex Machina, uh, which was, uh, the theme was basically androids, robots, cyborgs, uh, mainly because Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner was out this month, so we picked something that was kind of themed similarly. Uh, this was a week later than intended, which is a little bit weird, because it means by the time it goes public on YouTube, it'll already be November. Uh, but that wasn't planned, it just worked out that way, because we missed a week at one point. But here we are, uh, we, are we are here now. So, we'll start spoiler free, as we always do. Uh, i give you a warning somewhere in the middle, before we go into spoilers. Uh, what is Ex Machina, though? Ex Machina... It's a science fiction film. As we said, obviously, it deals with a, of an as an of an android of some kind, yes. uh, as I just implied. But specifically, you've got a character named Caleb who wins a competition to come and visit this reclusive billionaire uh, who runs like a Google-style company called Blue Book, and he lives on his own. He's got his own private area. It's in his own big, massive private bit of land. In fact, as the helicopter pilot at the start says, "We've been flying over his estate for the last two hours." That implies a huge piece of land. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Two hours in a helicopter is, is no short distance. It's basically a state. Pretty much. It is. It's bigger now. I mean, it's, it's at least a city. <laughs> oh, easily. Way more than a city. Yeah. So, I mean, guy's filthy rich. But he's, he's obviously reclusive. He lives on his own. Uh, you've got... So, Caleb, the main character, is played by Donald Gleeson. Uh, and then you have Nathan, who's the, the millionaire, or the billionaire probably, uh, played by Oscar Isaac. So this was before Star Wars. Uh, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was that year, wasn't it? Because was, I remember going to see yeah. this at the start of that year and going, yeah, oh, was, they're both in, in that later. Yeah, it was early 2015 this came out. Uh, and then, of course, Ava is the android in question. She's uh, she's played by Alicia Vikander, uh, who is upcoming. She's going to be the new Tomb Raider. She's Lara Croft. Uh, she was in a couple of things. She was in the last Jason Bourne movie, which was not great. I like her a lot, but that movie was not good. No, this is definitely the movie that has kind of given her a career, though. Oh yeah, I mean, she, she was in this, and then she was in the Danish Girl the same year, which was the Oscar one. Uh, yeah. I felt this should have been the Oscar one, admittedly, but you know, hey ho. Yeah, it, but that that was one of those where they were kind of tying the performances together. In it's like, okay, you deserve it for both of these. I mean, it felt it felt like it was like okay, they they were only nominating one officially, but you know, it was to do with both of them. This did get a screenplay uh, award, so I'll I'll take that. But uh, yeah, so he's there to test Ava, basically the chewing test, which is to t- determine whether or not an AI is actually an AI. Does it have a conscious? Does it think for itself, or is it just simulating thoughts? Is it just faking it essentially? Uh, that's what he's there to do. That, that's why the, the billionaire has brought him here, is to get another human being to sit down and talk to her and establish, is she really thinking for herself? And that is the premise of the movie. And it all takes place in this one little sort of uh, research place slash mansion. It's kind of, kind of a mix. So, so the top half of it's kind of like just like a really fancy living area, and then you've got your sort of more lab area underneath. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the, them uh, and Ava... And he goes in and talks to her. And the film's broke up by uh, Ava session number one and Ava session number two. He's going to be there for a week, and every day he goes and talks to her, and they talk about what he's what, what the findings were, you know, how the conversation went, what he thinks about it. And that's the movie. And obviously it goes in places, which I will not spoil. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but that, that's the thing. Uh, I kind of implied that I liked it already, but I'll ask the question. Connor, did you, do you enjoy Ex Machina? Yeah, I like it a lot. Aye, <laughs> that sums it up. Aye, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what do you mean to say? I like it. It's pretty great. I'll, I'll be honest. You, you could throw the opening title of Black Mirror at the start of this, and I wouldn't question it. That's true. I mean, maybe maybe it's a little long for for that, but. Oh sure, yeah, length. But to be fair, 
that last episode was like 90 minutes, so it's not that far away from no, it. No, you're right. This this is under two hours, so no, yeah. it's true. I mean, it, tonally, definitely, I get what you're saying. Yeah, tone, that's what I really mean, is that the, the subject matter and the tone are very Black Mirror to me. Yeah. Uh, especially since it has a sort of darker edge to it, where you're, you know, there's, there's, there's some ambiguity as to the morals of what's going on, and uh, basically the moral, morality of each character, including Ava, are all kind of questionable at times. Uh, yeah. and it really plays with those kind of things it plays with the, the human psyche it's, it's a very, I mean there's actually some very good special effects in the movie because Ava her design, like she's got her face which obviously is just, you know, Alicia Vikander's face she's got hands and feet that look human they've got skin, but the rest of her like uh, like where the underwear would be is like a sort of like solid grey colour which okay that's fine, she can just wear that but the rest of her, like the top of her legs and the top of her it's arms like mesh. it's like a yeah, it's see-through, and you can see like the the metal skeleton underneath, yeah. and like some blue light and stuff. Uh, so clearly, there's a lot of CGI going. There. I, I just imagine I've not seen any photos, but I imagine that on set it was Elisa Vikander in like a green jumpsuit with just the hands, feet, and face showing. Probably, yeah. Maybe yeah, the, maybe the grey was... part. Maybe that was worn as well on top. But yeah, could have done. This this was not at least nominated for special effects, right? For visual effects, I'm sure it was. I can't remember, and I don't think so, if I'm honest. Really? I could have sworn it was nominated for I th- those. I, I mean, I, maybe, I'm even wrong. I, mean, I can't remember with the five nominations for visual no, effects. No, no, I know. But I, I remember, you know, Mad Max was there, Star Wars was there. Was it a Transformers movie that year? Oh, that was probably there. Uh, no. Wasn't Batman v Superman nominated? I think it might have been, which is... It can't have been. Sickening. There's always one like that, though, where I'm like, why did they nominate that? Uh, but regardless, so the reason, and what I mean by that is that I'm saying oh, there's actually some really impressive visual effects, which is funny because outside of the visual effects of Ava, the movie actually is the kind of plot that you would do in a really low budget movie because it all takes place at this one location. Right. It's all psychological. It's all about talking about you know humanity and you know consciousness and all that stuff. Like you, other than the way she looks. Like, you could have made this in the 60s with, like, a minuscule budget, and the only difference would be that she would have more of a normal look. She wouldn't have yeah, a sci-fi look. Yeah, I would say, look. other than her look and the actual location, they're the only things that really feel like it has a budget. Because, you know, it's this really gorgeous location, and, you know, it's this big building, and it feels very realistic, and like like they're, you know, in this, you know, really expensive yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the other difference would be location-wise, is that it would still be a reclusive place, but it would feel more like a... Like a cabin or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Wrong. this feels like, oh no, this is grand. Yeah, yeah. They, they spent money on their set, sure. But, you know, even that's going to be such a small part of the budget overall. For, it is. For but it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's one of those rare things where you go, that looks like one of the more expensive aspects of the movie, which usually you don't think about the sets. Oh, yeah. The most expensive part is, is Ava. Like, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. This was a low budget movie. This was a, uh, according to INDB, this was $15 million, which these days is. That's. Know, Chump change. Yeah, and you get the impression, yes, a, a good significant portion of that went to how Ava looks. And they, and sure, they, they cheat a little bit. Eventually, they, they put her in some clothes so they can hide a lot of her, so it's, it's not as much work. But, uh, but they I, only I, do it when it's you know it's it's earned. They, they, they don't shy away from showing her off when, when it should yeah. be. Yeah, it, it never feels like, yeah, they're, they're hiding it. So what, that's credit to them. It never feels like the budget's a constraint. Uh, and given it as a fairly low budget movie, that is actually uh, impressive. So uh, I respect that a lot, and it looks good. Like I never felt like it looked fake. I never felt like oh, I can see the, you know the. No, obviously, because it's it's a it's a couple of years old now, and sometimes CG in you know these mm. days a couple of years can make a massive difference. But I'm looking at it now, going, no, nah, it still looks amazing. Yeah, there's no, there's no disconnect. It looks it looks real. The real yeah. as it needs to be, at least uh, in the scenes. So. Uh, the, the, the Alex Garland, who directed this movie, he definitely allocated the budget necessary uh, to to make sure that that happened. He knew the one thing he had to spend the money on to make it work, and he did. Uh, but speaking of, he's got a new movie out next year, which I am very much looking forward to. Me too, because obviously I, I knew him as a, a scriptwriter before, because this was his first film to direct, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, but obviously he was a scriptwriter. You know, Twenty Eight Days Later and uh, Dread. So you know, he's got a big career in terms of script which is why that i think this movie is you no know, like you say it's, it's very low budget it's all on the script other than that one visual effect it's all just in the dialogue also wrote sunshine uh yeah yeah that one too and he wrote the beach which i've never seen but 
Uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of 28 Days Later. I do like the last act, but I do like Sunshine quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, well, and I think obviously it, like Dread a lot. Yeah, oh, Dread's fantastic. We'll do that someday on this, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, Ex Machina is great, and he's got Annihilation coming out next year, which again, he's written and directed. And yeah, uh, there's a trailer for that now, right? There is a trailer. It looks yeah. very interesting. I've not gotten around to watching it yet because I'm awful at watching trailers. It it kind of feels like oh, it's you know, a group of scientists going to a, you know a, a forbidden area, and there might be a monster. But as the trailer goes on, it's like there's more to this. Like they're not telling us what it is in the trailer; they're, they're holding it back. But you but... know, there's something more going on. There's something a bit more psychological maybe going on here than what the trailer's given away. Mm, I'm uh, down. Which is great for me. I feel like maybe casual audiences will expect a monster movie and maybe don't get it. Yeah, I, I feel like you could say that about this movie, though. You, you could, yeah. I, I feel like the trailer plays up the, oh, the, the machine revolts or whatever the trailer sort of sold it as. And, I mean, sure, if you keep go looking for it, there's... Those shots are in the movie, like the ones that they... they but the, uh, but the, the, you know, the, the people making the trailer... They went digging to sell it as that, and uh, it seems unfair hmm. because that's not what you're getting at all. You're getting a psychological thriller that happens to have an AI. I, 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 I'd, I'd go as far as call it speculation or speculative science fiction. That's that's what the movie is. Yeah, it's, it's these two guys talking about you know philosophy and human nature and what makes a a, a conscience a conscience and and so on. Uh, and that stuff's pretty good and it has to be because it's kind of what the, the movie's built around yeah definitely uh, uh, all the pro- performances are great uh, I think Isaac is good as Nathan like he's kind of he's very so, friendly at first but he's definitely got this other edge to him that's kind of hidden even when you, you first see him like you know like his, his introduction he's like there's something more with this guy yeah uh, Dom Dom Neil is very like, he's kind of the yeah he's not like super irregular he's kind of a dweeb but not like a super dweeb he's just kind of like a normal guy he's a normal 26 year old who yeah. like you know as even pointed out at one point oh he seems like a good person with good morals uh, yeah and like I said you know they're, they're all good acting and I think that's that's crucial in a film where there's only really three characters for you know 95% of the movie yeah 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 and obviously um, Vikander is Ava uh, she, she yeah. She, she especially has a lot to do because I mean she may have less screen time than the other two guys, but she, she like she has to sell like this. We don't know really know what her t- intention is with each line of dialogue. Like, yeah, and it, she has so much more to do with her body language. Yes, yes. Uh, she she has to give the unconventional performance because she's playing something that's not human. Yeah. And then, especially when the plot is all about trying to figure out if she actually has a consciousness, like she has to then portray it in a way where oh, does she? Could be either she? way, yeah. yeah. It's 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 the toughest job. But then, to the to the two guys' credit, you've got to take all this stuff, you know, this big metaphysical conversations, mm. and make it compelling and make it so you're never like looking away, you're never bored of what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think. I think there's a danger of that in a movie like this, where it, you know it can get self-indulgent, and you've not paired it back enough to actually still yeah. make it flow like a movie. Uh, and for some people, you know that line's a lot shallower than uh, as for others. But uh, here, certainly, I never felt that way. I felt Me like either. it it moved at a nice pace, uh, and it, it it kept adding more onto the onto the pile. The, the layers kept kind of piling up as we went. Mm. And it was becoming okay. This is what it's no. This is what it's about. No, this is what it's about. Because I think you go into okay. It's about a robot. Is she a human or not? And you kind of in your head, you've got a movie mapped out in your head. What you think that is? Yeah. Uh, and what you think the ending's going to be? And the ending, I don't think, is what you probably think it's going to be based on. I mean, you can maybe guess it like maybe ten minutes before it happens, but not. It, it, I think it's always a possible outcome, but it's not one that you're expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I say, I think like ten minutes before it happens, you're given enough information at that point to make a deduction of where it might go. But yeah. at the start of the movie, I feel like you have preconceived notions just based on what you've seen from other movies and other stories. You're like, yeah, definitely. So I, I think it plays with that a little bit. And, uh, you know, for me, this is the the first time I've seen this since that first viewing in the cinema, mm. and it's it's such a different film on on that second time around more than more so than I was expecting. Because that first time you just kind of experience all of it and go, mm. okay. And then, but this time going, all right, I know where this is going. I want to see how it gets there, like from the other side, and it, it plays completely differently. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. There's actually one 
thing that I'd really forgotten about. Uh, I can't talk about it until spoilers, right, but okay. there, there was one like sort of couple of scenes together that I completely forgot happened. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I knew how it ended. I remembered how everything, where everything was going, yeah. uh, like the motivations of the characters. I remembered all that. So yeah, on that level, it's kind of interesting watching it and a repeat viewing and going, looking for the signs and looking for the. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, just on that note, a bit of credit to the movie that you know, two and a half years or give or take, since you, since you watched it and you you remember the characters, the motivations very clearly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I remember a, a very sort of hypnotic scene of dancing to a disco ball. I mean, yeah, it helps that there's the the uh, the Oscar dances Twitter, which just takes that scene. And puts just any music over it, and it just works. It's glorious. I uh, I'm not familiar with this, but um, certainly he seemed to enjoy filming that scene. I wonder how many <laughs> takes they got him dancing. Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, performances are great. Direction is very good. Music is uh, not intrusive. Like I feel like you don't really remember what a lot of the music sounds like for the most part. I think the only part of the music that really sticks out in my mind is the last like ten minutes. You know. Yeah, I th- I think this is one of those where if you're looking for it, it's doing some really clever things. Yeah. But, but it's, it's otherwise, a... it just feels subtle and it's just setting an atmosphere. Which is kind of intentional. Because it's funny, because it, we, had, we had a debate recently uh, on the Thor, and I'll put the, the word <laughs> review in quotes, because uh, it's debatable how much of that, that video was a review. But we, we had a debate about superhero movies and how I thought, oh, it's a kind of a shame how none of the Marvel movies have like recognisable themes. And I, I you know, and we were debating whether or not it should have a recognisable theme that you can hum. And I said, obviously not every movie I feel that way, but superhero movies I do kind of feel that way. This is an example of a movie where I don't think it needs that kind of thing at, yeah. at all. Uh, this is a movie where, no, uh, it's you know, I'm going to be pretentious here and say texture. You want a bit of texture? No, it is definitely. And it. I actually love this score. I've listened to it quite a lot. I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned Black Mirror uh, not so not so long ago in this mm. review because this is, the composers for this are actually the guys who did. What was, in our opinion, the worst episode of Black Mirror, Men Against Fire. <laughs> but here it's like, oh no, they pulled off something something excellent. I don't remember complaining about the music in that episode. I don't episode, remember complaining about the music, but I don't remember the music at all in that episode, I'll be honest, because I was so annoyed at all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was enough to complain about. Yeah, we never yeah, even yeah. spoke about the music. I I just, it, was, it was just amusing that I do, I do like the, the, these guys here, but... Uh, they they got lumped with the the shit episode in in my opinion. To, to, to be fair, like I, I mean, I love Hans Zimmer to pick a big name, but he's done so many movies. There's, there's just as many. Like when you actually look at his filmography, I feel like there's probably more movies of his that I think are forgettable scores than they are that I really like. Oh no, that's fair. It's but, just obviously it's, it's more notable yeah. when they've not done as that yeah. much. Um, but obviously the the like half dozen to a dozen that I love mean that I love that composer. Like you know, there's a chance yeah. that when he's doing a movie, I'm going to end up loving the score. Not always, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, so yeah, music's good, non-invasive. Uh, but when when stuff does kick in, there's a very very specific moment uh, in the last act where it, it kicks in, and it kind of kicks in with a proper tune, like, like it's yeah. really building to something. Uh, and it's the first time it really does it in the whole movie, but it, it makes sense in the context because it's really like okay, things are finally going down. Um, and the music yeah, it's says kind of that. that's it, that kind of doesn't really happen until the reveal of what the the end point of the movie is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know you've had all these hints in the music, and then it's like okay, now we've shown you what it what it is. Here's the full piece. Hmm. So no, so the music's good, direction's good, location's good, has a good look to it. It's kind of got that clinical sleek sci-fi look, but not to an excessive degree. Like it feels like okay, it's maybe you know five minutes into the future. But it's not like ridiculous yeah, things. I think it's, it's always that yeah, you know, ten minutes from now is is the is the phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what though. I want a shower where it's got a big square nozzle because at one point you see the showers in this place, and it's like a, I don't know, maybe like a, a foot by foot square with like you know water coming out of it, and I'm like, I want yeah. one of those now. <laughs> They're pretty cool. I want a wider. I want to feel like I'm standing in the rain when I'm having a shower. Well, oh. yeah, but you, you want the ones that come from the sides as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, no, no I don't have one that comes from the sides, no. Oh, no? You don't no. You don't want the water from all sides, sort of thing? Oh, I might want it. I've never had it. I thought that's what you were asking. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Would you, in one of oh, these right. squares, you want the ones that come from all sides, yeah? 
Sure, yeah. They're, they're better. Aye, sure. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this debate. I just really liked the big, the big square nozzle. <laughs> yeah, it was alright. <laughs> or shower head, I suppose. What do we call it? Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so all, all that stuff was cool. Uh, how stuff uh, looked... Um, Simple things like the, the the way they've got key cards to get in and out of locks, which is a, a mechanic the movie sets up early on that actually comes into play in the plot later on. Mm. Uh, so it sets things up in in that sense. Um, but yeah, I will say it's a very good film with some paranoia elements to it. There's some scenes where you feel like, oh, uh, am I still do being they watched? Know? Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. So there's elements to that. Uh, and it, it all feels like a bit of a head game, and you know, as the, as it reveals more and more, you're thinking, okay, it does feel like it is a head game. Oh, it looks like it is a head game. Oh, it's not the head game that I thought it was, though. There's it's a different type <laughs> of head game. Like it, yeah. it kind of plays with that. Uh, so it's good in that sense. Uh, so with that said, though, I think we will dive into spoilers. I feel like we've, we've exhausted the spoiler-free opportunities here. So let's dive in. So full spoilers from this point on for Ex Machina. Do Do you want to start with what you forgot? <sighs> What's I'm intrigued. Oh, right, okay, what well, I forgot. I was like, what do you mean, what did I forget? Forget no, what? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and I realised, oh, right, you mean the scenes that I forgot earlier on. Yeah. All right, yeah, I for- I'd forgotten, um, I'd completely forgotten that there was a scene where he's so, like, where, where Caleb is so out of it that he actually, it's after he did, like, sees the footage of all the, the previous models and he sees all the, the girls and the, the... I remember this scene of him finding all the girls, like all the ex-robots. It's quite a critical scene, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I'd forgotten that the scene after that, he actually is worried that he's also a robot. So he starts yeah. to look in his eye and, he, and I forgot... I completely forgot that he cuts himself in the wrist with a razor to see if he bleeds. Really? I'd forgotten that scene. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. I, whoa, that's, that's a dark <laughs> scene. Jeez. How did I forget this? But uh, I, I think it's because... It is a natural worry, and I get why he's worried about it at this point in the movie, but ultimately when you look back in the movie later, it doesn't actually feed into where it goes quite as much. It, it doesn't, but I think that's kind of part of the head games, isn't it? It's like, oh, sure, yeah. He, he's like, hang on, he's realising all these things, he's like, why am I picked? Why am I here? Am I one of these? I, I'm, I'm just trying to justify why I'd forgotten that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I get it. it doesn't really come up again other than one mention. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he, you know, uh, Nathan mentioned because Nathan is watching everything. He's got cameras all over the place. He's he's keeping a strict eye on everything. Um, so yeah, obviously, the main bulk of the movie is him going to talk to Ava and then him talking to Nathan afterwards to discuss, you know, what they find and sort of like, you know, does this is this test viable? There's a lot of philosophy getting talked about. He brings up, you know, this this idea of like, sure, a computer can be good at chess. But does it understand what what chess is? It's just programmed to do it. Does it actually yeah. understand the concept of chess on its own? Like that's kind of a different. They bring up a lot of things. They bring up. I'll get the, the term wrong for this, but there's a the famous philosophy thing uh, with uh, you know Mary in in, a, in the box, and it's everything's black and white, and then she comes yeah. out and she sees color for the first time, and now she's a human being. And uh, it kind of telegraphs the ending because as soon as they say that, I'm like, okay, so we're going to get a scene later on where Ava walks outside and sees the sky for the first time. Yeah, uh, but it 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 doesn't feel cheap. It feels like payoff. Oh, it, it does. It does. Uh, but there's, there's, there's a lot of debating, and I think for for me, what a lot of the film is is really about, and or what's interesting is because obviously you have the issue or isn't she human, and I typically love that, and I don't dislike it here, uh, and like the idea of like finding humanity. Uh, and like you know, can can Caleb trust? Like you know, it seems like she has feelings for him, and he might have feelings for her. Uh, and I, I like the debate around that. Like he questions it. He, he goes to Nathan and says, "Hey, d- did you program her to like flirt and like try and be attractive? Is, is this like the he compares it to a magician? Is this the glamorous assistant to disguise the fact that it's all just smoke and mirrors? That it's all just yeah. fake? Like so, I'm I'm too distracted by the beauty to actually notice that no, it's not actually real kind of thing." Uh, you know, he questions it, but and I, I like all that stuff. But for for me, I, I think what makes a lot of this interesting is actually Nathan as a character, and mm. kind of the commentary that comes with him, because it feels like a very kind of damning kind of commentary on ego. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, the ego of man, the ego. I mean, men specifically. Uh, I was going to say mankind as a whole, which it is, but men specifically. Uh, you know, it's, it's brought up. You know, it's. You know, Caleb says, "You know, why did you give her a sex? Like, why did she need a gender? Like, she could be a box. You know, it doesn't matter." 
Uh, and he tries to justify it by saying, well, uh, can we have interaction without sexuality? And I'm like, well, yeah, we, we probably can. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he, he tries to be like, yeah, it could have been a man or a woman. It's more just, it's easier to converse with something that's that, that seems familiar than just a box. You know, like, it could be a box. It doesn't have... Because as soon as they look one way or the other, they have you have preconceptions. That's you know part of being human. And this here is like okay, if you make it intentionally so blank it can't tell, does it look human? Well, here's the question I pondered: though. Why make it look human? No, no, it's fair. Is that arrogance in and of itself? It, it kind of goes to the. Uh... I mean, it goes back to the you know the him calling him a god, doesn't it? It's uh, you know in in his image. Yeah, because that's actually, like, that itself is kind of arrogant. Like, whoever thought that phrase up when they were, you know, writing down the Bible, right? I mean, obviously, if you're religious, you might disagree with my, my interpretation of how this came about. But, like, you know, when when that was written that, uh, you know, we were created in God's image, it's like, that's kind of arrogant. Like, it is. It's assuming that we are almost on par with a God in that sense. Yeah. Like, you know... We are designed to be as good as a god. So this has kind of flipped that around, and it's like, no, we're going to make the robots in our image because, of course, they're going to look like us because we are what people should look like. We are what beings should. We are the best of beings, so we should look like us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of that arrogance, and uh, I think he is arrogant. I, I think he, and I think he is kind of uh, sexist in, in a lot of ways. Oh, like, oh absolutely. And I mean, obviously, there's the obvious things where he's he's, he's literally got them as sex bots. He's, he's, you know, he's got one as a sex bot. That's that's. But he's, he, he literally, you know, that emptied. And yeah. then just used, and they're on display, and like it's all about like uh, creating. And this is why I'm saying like, okay, he tries to justify her being female, but honestly, it just comes across as no, it, she's female because it means you have power over her and you feel powerful and you get to, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't necessarily seem like Nathan maybe has like had trouble in the past with girls, but maybe he did. Maybe this is a way to yeah. feel powerful. And not but, like, I think the idea of making them as a person makes sense but and i think at that point you go oh, okay it's, it's maybe this is the only one he's picked a woman for whatever reason but as it goes on it becomes clearer and clearer that it's like oh no no this is him when you see the old footage uh of all the previous models and he's trying to get them to work and they're all yeah. female and they're all naked and he's, he's just doing this thing and, and you know he makes them for his own pleasure well if it's not sex then it's dancing like you know he turns on the music and uh the one that he's got like walking around who at first we think is just like a a maid who can't you know speak English, and it becomes yeah. clear over the course of the movie. No, she's actually just another robot who's just there I, to do I things for. I have to admit that reveal always fell flat to me because I don't know. I think I'd always it was one of those I always just assumed that she was that when uh, as soon as he was because he was very shady about her immediately. Yeah, I, well, I think I think you're supposed to feel that way though. I, I think the way it's presented is that it, you immediately don't trust it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, so when it comes up as a reveal, I don't think it's meant to be like a big reveal. Like, oh, you never saw that coming. I think it's just meant to be for 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 him, for Caleb. You okay. Because because up until this point, like Ava clearly is a robot, just visually. She's got bits yes, missing yeah. and she's got lights and shit. <laughs> like it's really obvious. But this is more made up, and it's like more like oh, she looks human, and she she's fairly convincing to a point. Uh, and obviously he no, gets I away agree. with it. just I, I remember when it came out and people were talking. I was like, "Oh, that was a surprise." I was like, "Oh was yeah, it? okay, uh, yeah." I, I didn't see it as much of a big surprise, but maybe that's just people like us who've seen too many of these movies. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're too well versed. We're, we're, we're looking to... for these things, and maybe that's all it is. But to me, it felt. I thought after that, I was like, "Oh, was I supposed to realize that? Was that supposed to be a reveal?" And I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal because I I don't think uh, the movie actually like I don't think it cares that it's a reveal or not really. No, no, I, I don't think so either. Because you, you're saying was, it, was that supposed to be a reveal, but I don't think it's treated like a big reveal. No, it's not. Uh, which is which is what I mean. Like it mostly came back after I watched it and okay. people were saying it, and I was, and then so in hindsight, it kind of fell flat for me. Because I'm like, oh, if that's supposed to be how it's making people feel, it's not making me feel like that at all. But is it the movie's fault that other people or, film or is way? it the audience? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, because I think it's more like you know when 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 Caleb goes into that bedroom and he, he finds like her, she's just lying in the she's just posing in the bed naked, like she's waiting for Nathan to come come in. Yeah. Like she just waits there, uh, and it's like yeah, so like he just makes these play things. That's all he. So, and he, even when he's talking about her, when they, they start talking about uh, 
you know, her being, you know, Ava being attractive in sex and stuff, Nathan's like, oh, the answer to the question you want to ask is yes, you can screw her. Like she, yeah, and he's it, like, no, he, he's like, he's like, no, you're thinking of this. But the way he says it is, she has an opening between her legs, and that's how he phrases it. It's very kind of like just it, his language kind of indicates his opinions and how he views. Yeah, it's lowest sex. common denominator, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's, it's even though we're aware he's talking about a robot, which he may or may not view as a person because that's kind of the point of what he, or at least the point that he's presenting. It's like, you kind of get the feeling it's like, well, he could have been talking about an actual person, like an actual woman. And this would be the exact same thing as the way he'd say it. Yeah. Again, it's kind of him wrapped up in his own ego and his own arrogance. And it's like, he's more important than everyone else. And, uh, you kind of feel like he knows that because whenever he talks about the, like the development of it and, Caleb's asking him about, you know, why did you create her? Like, you know, what, what was your goal and stuff? And he's like, oh, it was just kind of inevitable. It, you know, artificial intelligence is always going to be coming. Yeah, it was like, it, it was going to happen, so I might as well have done it. Might as well be me. And he's like, yeah, we're just going to, like, I'll turn her off, I'll mine the data, and I'll make a new model that will be slightly better. And uh, there's almost a very kind of, and obviously outside of the fact that she might have a conscience and then you're going to kill her. Which I think is the core problem for Caleb, and then it's kind of a problem for us because she might actually be alive in that sense. Yeah. But it, there's there's this kind of depressing kind of idea where he knows that, like, again, his ego is that he knows that eventually he's going to die, and he wants to make something that's going to last that he, yeah, he'll be remembered and for. He even mentions this, like, oh, you know, his goal is to get to the singularity, which is you know so that you know you can put your own consciousness into it. Hmm into a machine and then live forever that's again that's part of that ego the the god complex that he has but of course the other big thing in the movie that comes up and he from all places he he actually brings this idea up with him uh with a jackson pollock painting uh and the idea of defining what a consciousness is and he he talks about how like uh jackson pollock would like it wouldn't be random but he also wouldn't like plan what he was doing he would just kind of let his hand flow and it's the idea that consciousness like because you can train a machine to be you know to plan for things and be accurate you can also train a machine to be completely random and just be an rng of course you can but the idea of training it to be something in between that's what that's what being alive is is it because it it compares it to be like uh like being in love or like even your sexuality it talks about you know being straight like you're programmed to be straight it's like i wasn't programmed well you didn't choose to be straight like that was just kind of in there like yeah, so he, he he does say it's like, well, whether it's nature or nurture, I don't know. That's not the debate. The point is, it's programming. It's it's not a choice. It's it's impulse. Yeah, like you know, why are you attracted to who you're attracted to? He says, for the sake of this argument, you're attracted to black girls. Why is it because you made up a list of all different race types and types of girls, and you you cross compared them and the, you know compared data and you know like sat down with charts and really thought about it? No, you're just attracted to black girls. That's just for whatever reason. That's just kind of you know. What gets you going? That's yeah, all it that's is. That's how you are. Uh, so it's this idea that the stuff that's not completely random, but it's not like planned either. It's not completely specific. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's actually a really interesting way of looking at consciousness. I don't think I've seen any other movies of this type look at it in that aspect. I think it's the first time I've ever heard of the of this analogy of this way of des- of describing it this way, where yeah. it's something in between specific. And random because you you typically usually see it as oh they're making choices you know like when when they make a choice for themselves rather than because it's what they've been told to do that's usually what the thing is where it's, it's how it's described as whereas this is a little bit different this is more complex and I think because I, I think a, a, a large part of it is it he, he like you know going back to Jackson Pollock he never knew what his his thing would look like and it was never like what was planned and if, if he never started if he, if he if he sat and thought about it he'd never get anything done and it almost implies to me that because you know repeatedly Caleb asks him like how did you do this like I can't imagine how you achieved this and he never answers he always kind of dodges the question and I almost wonder was it intentional like did he stumble onto it kind of like how Jackson Pollock would get his final pain yeah I think it's more like he just did it yeah maybe it was his goal like he wanted to have an AI you know Jackson Pollock wanted to have a yeah. painting so he wanted to have an artificial intelligence, but he just kind of did things. He didn't really plan it out. He's just like, "Hey, what about this? What about that?" And I, and I wonder as well, like the whole idea that we get to the end of the movie and like things don't go as planned. Like he 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 doesn't intend for Ava to break out and stab him and kill him and then get outside. And that idea as well that that wasn't 
his planning. He didn't plan for that. He also didn't specifically plan anything. He he's he's so vague about his future. Like, oh, I'll I'll strip her down and make a new version. But and yeah, I want to get to singularity, but there's not set path there. He's kind of intentionally being wishy washy about it because of this this thinking, and he it's the idea that something you know it's kind of what X Machina means. It's the ghost in the machine. It's the something comes out unexpected, yeah. and it's her actually getting to this point and get because so basically when we get to the end of the movie we find out that uh you know it wasn't a winner of a competition caleb was picked specifically he was picked because of the things he searches for online because of the type of person he is uh he even questions like did you model her face after like what i search for on the internet like you know what i look up in porn <laughs> like did you yeah. like create a, an image of someone based on what my type of girl um which kind of goes back to that that uh, conversation earlier when he asks him what his type is and he kind of yeah. like gets awkward about it he doesn't answer because he doesn't want to just say oh well uh, it's, it's, it's Ava. that one it's yeah. like her yeah yeah. I mean she obviously like she has more skin and stuff but yeah yeah pretty much that <laughs> pretty, pretty much Ava uh, so it, in retrospect that scene works even better it does but and so so he's it's all been planned and the reason's actually the test is actually it's not that he's just there to test her it's not like he's going to just accept whether or not he believes it he's actually done something else that's actually much more and it actually makes a lot of sense to me when he says it is that yeah. he's basically dangled him as an option for escape because all of his subjects so far have hated him and she hates him as well they all like, when we see this video and then we hear Ava talk to him with the audio because that's actually one of the interesting things is that up until that point we never actually see him interact with her yeah it's really interesting. We we see it once on the video, but we don't hear it. We just yeah. get an impression of what's going on, but it's it's hard to really glean. But they all hate him. They all want out. So he basically he, he puts in Caleb, and the idea is that she is like a rat in a maze. That is the exact you know phrase he uses. Yeah. And he's the he's the opportunity to escape. And the idea being that to do that, she would have to manipulate, convince. Uh, emphasize, uh, empathize. She would have to like gain trust. Have, she would have, have imagination. Ha- there you go. Yeah, she'd have to like think of these ideas. She'd have to do all this. Yeah. And it's like you know, that's actually in a sadistic way. What you've done to poor Caleb here. I mean, Caleb's just been a, a toy. He's been a plaything. Oh, pretty much for he, both characters. Ava's manipulating him. But, but, I mean, at this point in the movie, we're not sure if she has been. She may actually care for him. We don't know that for sure yet at this point. Yeah. But obviously, we know later on that she, she is. <laughs> so. Both characters have been manipulated. I'm like, poor Caleb. He's... And, you know, another point, I think, yeah, he, Nathan never mentions it, but I think it's one of the most important aspects is that she wants to be free. Already, that's mm. enough that he knows that she's, you know, alive because she's a sentient being that wants to be free. If she's aware enough to know that, then she's probably aware enough that, yeah, okay, yeah, this, this, is, this is wrong now. Yeah, and of course there's these power cuts that happen and we find out that Ava's the one doing them and the idea that every time the power goes down for like a minute they can talk without Nathan seeing them. Yeah. Uh, so they de- devise this plan and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get him drunk, which we, all, we, we saw him do already, that's when he watched all the video stuff. Uh, he's going to get him drunk, steal his keycard and then he'll like, you know, do things to the security so that they can get out. He's going to help her escape. And then Nathan in a really awkward scene plays back this footage, even though it's it's kind of only half awkward because Nathan knew he was going to do something. I love that next morning after that conversation mm. where he comes in, a, you know, early morning. He's like, "Hey, you know, this is going great. Let's let's have a drink to celebrate." He pours some vodkas, uh, and then he's like, "Nah, I'm not drinking." And, mm-hmm. and you just immediately go, "Does he know?" <laughs> yeah, because well, even he's been he's suspected earlier on that he's he's actually faking the blackouts just so he can see what so, so they think they're not being watched. So what do they say now that it's different? And yeah. it turns out he wasn't, but he did install a camera or a, like a, an extra one that was battery powered so that he could yeah. uh, see later stuff. But then it turns out that uh, Caleb's actually quite smart. Basically, he already did everything he said he was going to do the night before when he was drunk and he did steal his keycard the first time. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, that's when Caleb, for the first time in the movie, feels like he loses control and he starts to worry. He, he punches Caleb in the face for a start. And I'm like, hey, you kind of intentionally manipulated him into being manipulated by her to help him escape. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of on you, man. Yeah, can you really be mad at him that he was smart enough to outsmart you? Again, yeah. ego, arrogance. That, that's because he didn't believe anyone could do it. Yeah. Um, again, it's the idea of the, 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 the not the random but the then between is kind of like he set all this up. He planned too much and something that he didn't predict. That's not random that you could have maybe, you know, 
like it would be hard to predict it it's an outcome that is potentially you know if he'd looked at it yeah it's an outcome that's possible but not necessarily likely yeah uh, so, so we have Ava like outside, and the shot that was in the trailers that I do love in the movie that they used to try and sell it as oh she's going to be a killer robot by the end of the movie is the shot where she runs towards Nathan and she starts running at full speed and it is terrifying. I know. <laughs> it's like oh that is a hell of a moment. It gets me every time. Like you know that moment every time I watch that trailer. Yeah, and she gets the servant robot to like stab him, and then like he ends up like whacking her jaw off with the he's got like his uh his weight bar. And he yeah. whacks her face off, and then Ava stabs him again, and he's just in shock. Like his his creations like come up to destroy him. And again, L- if we're, literally stabbed him in the back. And if we're going with um, yeah, the whole the whole god complex thing, the idea of your creation like outliving you and like leaving yeah, you in the dust, rebelling against the creator. Yeah, so it's a very condensed version of that. But of course, at this point, you're still thinking maybe she does genuinely care for for Caleb. I mean, yeah, she could. She could do. And she's been convincing. Uh, and we have this really, really hypnotic scene where she goes to the, the room with all the other bodies. Because she, she had her arm whacked off. Like, uh, Nathan, like, chopped her arm off. And she steals an arm from one of the other models. And then she, like, takes the skin off them and starts, like, patching herself up. I and love but, how it's almost like Velcro when it goes on. It kind of is, yeah. And one of my favourite shots here is, like, there's, like, you know, it's, like, multiple mirrors. And you can see, like, in, it's, like, two mirrors at an angle. You know, kind of, like, not, not yeah. full, right angled, but kind of, like you know, obtuse angled. And in the main mirror we're looking at for the start of the scene while she's kind of naked and she's looking at herself, you can see all the lines like down her shoulder where the, the different parts of skin separate. And then the camera just kind of just tracks to the side and it focuses, you know, it changes focus to the other mirror uh, at a slightly different angle. And in that mirror, all the seams are gone. It just looks like skin now. Uh, it was a really subtle thing. Oh, it was clever. It's just a little trick, but it, it was really effective. And she puts on a dress, and she leaves Caleb locked in her room to die. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dark. It's really dark. You feel really bad for Caleb, because he he has been manipulated. He, he, he literally gets brought in because he is, you know, a good person with morals, and he he was gullible, I guess, enough to kind of... Yeah, and, and he's there banging on the door, so you can't hear him, because it's soundproof, but he's yeah. there screaming, you know, going, come on, let me out. Yeah, and it's not even like he has any ill will towards her at this point. He just, like, if she just let him out and said, like, I just used you, I'm just going to go in the helicopter that's coming, like... I I think ultimately he'd have still gone, well, then you're a person, you should be free. Yeah. Like, I think that's, honestly, I think that's where he'd have landed. And I think that's where the ambiguity at the ending comes in. It's like, okay, she has intelligence, but morality seems to not be there. Definitely. And that's really interesting because obviously the movie the whole time is like, does she have feelings for him? That implies morality to a point. You know, you can, it kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, it, impli- it implies uh, empathy at the very least. But yeah. now it's like, okay, she, she seemed to have empathy, but she doesn't really. She's, no, it was all a pretense. There's no realness to it. And I think that's maybe a symptom of she was taught by someone who instead of trying to teach her right from wrong, did nothing but manipulate to get his results i think it goes back to what nathan actually said about you know it's it's nature versus nurture her nature was it was blank by by definition you know, yeah. he created her it was nothingness and then his nurture was hatred and you know locking her in a room and going no you've got to be better than this to to be to survive hmm yeah and as a result he made a flawed species yeah Definitely. To go back to the God complex, so he creates something that is that is flawed. Uh, but no, it's fact. You know, this is the, this is the big sort of ideas that make the movie work. And yeah. I, I think you have the obviously the movie ends with her getting on the helicopter, and we we see her go to like because earlier on in the movie she said she wanted to go to a traffic intersection, and we yeah. kind of see that. We just get this sort of like obscure shot looking through like a, a window, and she's kind of looking at the people around her, and she kind of flickers out of existence. She kind of like someone walks past her, she just vanishes like in the shot. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, she's out there. She's part of us. Yeah, she's there now, and there's you know, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, um, it, it's. I like it because it has its own spin on a topic that I've seen done a number of times at this point. It's, you know, like it's... I said, it, it has things in this that I've never seen done in a movie before, and it's a very common theme, really. Oh, it is. It's absolutely common because I, I think going into it, you know, you think one of two typical outcomes. You think 
she is really good feelings and it's going to be this weird love story between this man and this robotic woman and she will get out and they'll have a happy or maybe they won't get out maybe it'll be a tragic ending but they'll end kind of in love and it'll be like sweet and bittersweet yeah. you know depending on which way it goes or the other possible ending is she goes killer robot and she kills everyone and well it's still kind of that in the sense that it's really dark because she leaves Caleb behind but she chooses not to kill him herself like she doesn't make the effort she doesn't so, you care know. She she doesn't stab him yeah. in the way that she does. You know, she has actual like hatred, like you said, for for Nathan. Whereas Caleb, she's indifferent. It's like, eh, yeah, go on, just, just starve, suffocate, whatever. She, she's happens. achieved her goal, so she doesn't even acknowledge that he's he's there. Um, yeah. Interestingly, I want to talk about the ending uh, in a different light because I've heard uh, criticisms online uh, of people who thought it should end as soon as the elevator door shuts. You know, when she, I've, I've thought that in my, uh, even when I was watching this, I was like, that would be such such a good because she looks to the side where. Uh, where Nathan, no, Nathan, where Caleb is, mm-hmm. she looks over at that doorway as it shuts, and that's almost like that's a perfect cut to black moment. But I do love what comes after. Yeah, because then you don't get her walking out and seeing the sky. You don't get her, you know, in, yeah. in the world. And you could argue, like, what is that final shot in the world? Does that contribute to the ideas of the movie? Like, do we need that moment? I, I think a way to do it is, you know, when they're talking about the story of, you know, uh, Mary in black and white, mm. is have those shots kind of interspersed there. And you know, show it a bit more blatantly, and go, no, this is what could be for you. And then, if you end on the elevator, we've already seen that, so we've seen what it could be for her. So we we get the idea of no, that's what that's going to happen. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Here, here's a radical idea that would maybe be too obvious, but what if the, when she got outside, the film turned to black and white? Uh did a reversal. That'd be nice. And it'd be kind of like. Yeah, she's got outside, but because she's not, a, she's not actually got the morality, so she's not really a human being. Yeah, that nah, could work. But then again, her creator was human being, and he didn't have a whole lot of morals. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe she's more human than we're given a credit for. Yeah, maybe you know, there's also a critique on human. I mean, there is. There's definitely a critique on human. There's a, there's a critique on men at the very least, and ego, and absolutely. But the whole idea that it's ego-driven assholes who actually drive a lot of things forward because they're determined to achieve what yeah. their, their goals are. Uh, regardless of what the reasons may be, yeah. so and you know, I think I think part of what makes this movie work for me so well is, you know, we talk about how oh, is she just playing up until that end point? Is she playing along? Is it real? She convinces us too. We're in the same situation as Caleb. We don't know. We we're kind of just hoping for the best. I think I think I was unsure how to read her, but it's when the power goes out. And then she sort of has like things she's hiding she from seems, Nathan. And she seems really genuine, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, but she's hiding something from Nathan that she doesn't want him to hear. That's when it's like, oh, this this feels a bit more real. Like she wants his, his help. Yeah, and it, it builds this this rapport between them where they're like, no, this is this is us. We've got a relationship between us two away from Nathan. Yeah. Um, so no, uh, <laughs> that's any other scenes we want to talk about from because we we kind of didn't. Godzilla super in depth. There's you know lots of little moments. Uh, yeah, you know, he brings up you know the, the reference movies a lot. He brings up Star Trek at one point. He brings up Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. Caleb seems really, really unaware of of movies in general. I kind of took it now that he's unaware, just that he caught off guard. Yeah, he, he doesn't get the references because he's he's just not used to movie references in a weird way. Like it just I kind of feel like yeah, of course he knows Ghostbusters, but yeah. He's, he's just no, like, why, why are you referencing Ghostbusters? I'm trying to... Because everyone references Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I like that he makes him sign an NDA as soon as he gets there. It's like, okay, before that I show you anything cool, yeah, have an yeah. NDA. And he's like, you know, you're uh, you're signing away that you have these intrusive data checks. Uh, you know, periodically that we will check everything, yeah. private, personal, you know, uh, public. Do you know, it didn't sound too bad when he mentioned because he mentioned that in about a year's time this will be public anyway. So it's like, okay, it'll, it'll only happen for a year. There's no because there's no point for them yeah. to check after that. Uh, but they can check everything you've done on your life up till this point. But then as the movie kind of goes on, it's this kind of. Um, it kind of looks at Google in some aspects. Obviously, the company is based after Google, clearly, anyway. Yeah, it's a search engine. Search engine. Yeah. But, you know, the idea that, yeah, we can kind of see all this information anyway. You know, data mining, just because we don't have official, you know, access, we get it all regardless, with just with what you give us. I mean, we all see it in our own lives, just, you know, the, the targeted ads you get on Facebook, say, because you've searched for something on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's that idea that, 
every time you install an app on your phone, like you're going, oh yeah, you can use all these things, tick, tick, tick. You, you don't look at it, but you're giving them all these rights. And it's like, yeah, they can do all this. And he talks about, you know, turning on all the microphones and cameras on every phone. And obviously that's an extreme example. But again, most of these apps you're going, yep, yeah, you can use my, my camera and my microphone. That's that's why uh, every, every day at, at about noon, I'll search for five random things that I would never care about just to throw it off. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good plan actually. Should start doing that. I'll be like, what shall I search for today? Synchronized swimming. Yes, yes. Google thinks I'm into synchronized swimming. <laughs> they don't know me at all. What, what you need to do is you actually need to search it like a few times, just so it really thinks you're into it. Hmm. Just so it's like, oh, okay, you've got something on me, or you think you've got something. On me. You know, one search, it's like, ah, it could be anything, but three or four searches over over a couple of weeks, mm, ah, ah, there's a, there's an interest. <laughs> this is odd. Right? Synchronized swimming, carpentry, a really odd list of hobbies this this person's <laughs> into. Uh, ah, you know nothing, Google. You know nothing about me. I am an enigma. Google knows everything about everyone. <laughs> Let's be real. They have too much fake data. They can't, they have to sort through it to get to the the real truth. Yeah, I mean, just just think of like email providers, you know, Google, Microsoft, you know, whatever, whoever you're with, Yahoo, they own your emails. You know, you you don't own your email because it was it, this is relevant this week because it was a big court case where you know someone died and their their relative tried to get their emails, so it's like they could you know go through it all, and they're like. No, they're ours. You can't have them. You, and it's like, you know, on uh, like Facebook and Twitter, you can set someone up so if you die, they can kind of control your account and yeah. like go, you know, and sort all your things out. Even those things won't give them access to your personal messages and stuff like that because it's property of Facebook or Twitter. It's property of those companies, not you. All right, so what you're saying is... Uh... Never type anything online ever again. No, just send, just just automatically send like copies of every email you send to a doc file. Just like have it have it backed up everything you've ever oh, done. So someone can read the doc file at least. Yeah, yeah, they'll okay, all be there. Yeah. yeah, and then make a book out of them. And then when, when Google tries to sue you for copyright because they own the emails, you're like, well, screw you. That's my life story. You piss <laughs> off. That's a good plan. Oh dear. Um, so yeah, uh, X Machina is very good. Basically, yeah, love it. Uh, we went on a little bit of a tangent there at the end, but that was uh, uh, it's, good, it's good speculative science fiction and goes into you know psychology, philosophy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's all about ideas and, and, and I think it succeeds pieces. on not being dry, which it so easily could be with all mm. these things. And it, but it's so well shot that even just a conversation feels like it's off kilter. There's something something of interest. There's the paranoia underneath everything, even when you're having these conversations yeah, that should be these big, heavy things. Very quickly, it feels like Nathan's holding stuff back, and you feel kind of uncomfortable for Caleb, because if he feels like he's been withheld on, and he's yeah. trying to figure things out, and he's not doing it with all the information. Uh... And, and and Nathan always kind of makes a point of showing how he's ahead. You know, when they go down into the bedroom, it's like, yeah, you, you, there's something you're not comfortable about. And And... Caleb's like, no, no, it's it's fine. And he's like, yeah, it's the lack of windows. I know it's the lack of windows. Well, you know, yeah. You're not going to like that. When they windows. first meet, and like, he's awkward for a little bit because he's kind of nervous. This, is this billionaire you know, celebrity. It's his boss as well. That's his, that's his boss, he works yeah. for that company. Uh, I guess you know, it's, it's always weird to me when it's, it's like that, though, because when you meet like the person who started the company. Cause it's like, well, you're kind of my boss, but it's not like you actually work day to day. Oh, yeah, and I never operate. see, but you are yeah. technically, you could fire me, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could send a memo down the chain and it would finally reach the right yeah, person to yeah, fire exactly. you. But, uh, yeah, but when he first meets him, he's kind of nervous and after a couple of lines of dialogue, he's like, hey, let's just get this out in the open. You're kind of freaked out. You're, he's like, let's just be guys. Let's just be Nathan and Caleb. He's like, oh, okay, nice to meet you, Nathan. Nice to meet you. And it's like, this is bullshit. He is doing this and then everything after this is him showing him that I'm smarter than you. I am further ahead than you. I mean, he even says, like, you're freaked out because I'm famous and I'm amazing, basically. Like, yeah. And I'm basically a god, so come on. Yeah. He's like, oh, this house is cool, right? And then, it's, 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 you know, on the morning, he's going to try and get him to drink again. Uh, which, by the way, Caleb, at least wait till afternoon to make it feel believable. Like, try, try to do it at, like, breakfast. It's always, bit... it's always three somewhere. <laughs> so he... Uh... It, he's just like, yeah, oh, this is your last day, Caleb. And he's like, hey, something to tell your grandkids about. He's like, oh, you think that much of yourself? This is going to be a story that he tells his grandkids. Yeah. Do, do you know what I will say? I think 
Caleb was really stupid there because one of the first pieces of information that he learns about Nathan is after a heavy night, he kind of compensates and he, you know, mm. he goes and does exercise. That's, that's how he meets him. But and you know, we know he had a heavy night the night before, and he goes, "Here, I'll give you some anyway." Like it's like, no, you know this. Wait till later. Yeah. Also, the the, the clearly alcoholic drinking because he's just boozing yeah. every night constantly. Uh, and getting blackout drunk, even though he's on his own, which, which again, there's an awkward moment at the start when he, he's, he's yeah, like, oh, how was the party? Yeah, and it just gets awkward because it's like, no, he was just binge drinking on his own. Yeah, like Connor it's, on a on an arrow night. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> there's, there's reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's it's just like right away. It's and I, I think the whole the whole binge drinking thing. It's like again, it's this this, this self destructive kind of mentality has. Yeah, uh, you know he's like you know he's this troubled artist. Like he, he wants to have that kind of kind of vibe to him. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so no, that, that's next machina. So I guess with all that said, we can uh, give it some ratings out of the old ten point scale, but we do have points as well because we need some more uh, increments. Yeah, we're not savages. No, uh, Connor. I'm gonna bet nine. Eight point five. Fair enough. That's close. I'm just I'm not quite ready to commit to the nine. Maybe after another couple of viewings, maybe I'll feel more. I think I think I was on the eight point five the first time, but this time I'm like because you know I got more mm. out of it this time. That so I'm like you know the, the first time I'm like I'm just watching the horror as it goes on and on, and this time I'm going okay, how's it doing this? How's it doing that? Nah. So I think it, it kind of edges it its way up for me. It's eight point five. Um, and as much as I've praised it a lot for for not being too dry and having pretty decent pacing, I, I do think there is, uh, like I don't want to say pacing trouble because it's not pacing trouble, but like there there may be like could be more drive in the middle portion of the movie, kind of around the point where he's dancing. Yeah, yeah, around yeah. the point. It's where... around that area where the dancing kind of sticks out because oh, something's going on here. But basically, I know what you mean? Yeah, what, what I'm meaning is when it gets to the point where Ava's like, "Oh, I need your help to get out," and he actually, and you know, Caleb actually says, "Yeah, I'm going to help you get out." Here's my plan. That's where it feels like okay, we're actually getting to plot. And when you feel like oh, we're finally getting to plot, it means that we've been a little while where it feels like no, it's not spinning. It feels it's had a lot of good, but there's a lot of talking scenes back to back for a long portion yeah. of the movie. Um, and you know maybe there could have just been a bit more ebb and flow, you know, in the middle to give it no, more of a that's fair yeah. a direction. But like I say, it's not a big complaint. Like this, this is like this is why I'm saying it's an eight point five and not a nine. It's like, it's one of those so, where you don't feel it until you get to the point. You know, it's not like you're yeah. going through it and going, oh, this is taking too long. It's when you get to it, going, oh, plot where you go, hang on, that means, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It just. Yeah, just just a bit more drive and uh, some of that early to middle kind of kind of chunk. But no, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, but that, very 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 good, uh, very, very good modern sci-fi film. Definitely. And I am looking forward to Annihilation, uh, and I think like there's potential for it to be even bigger and better than than what this was. Depending, I'm I'm I've, like I said, I've not seen the trailer, but I don't need to see it to know I'm going to go see it. <laughs> Adding in a bit of a horror element. No, I mean, okay, you could argue that her shit running down that hallway was a little bit of horror towards the end. But adding in a horror element to what Alex Garland does has got me a little bit excited for uh, for Annihilation. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. So uh, that has been Ex Machina. Uh, of course, as we said, this was the winner of the Patreon vote. The Patreon vote for next month uh, is up. It's all Hitchcock movies. Uh, I'm kind of promoting it. I mean, admittedly, the the patrons who can vote on it will get this in time. They they can still vote on it, so I suppose it's still worth mentioning. Uh, But uh, obviously we'll have a new... For anyone else who's watching this just on YouTube, that's too late. That's already been decided. Yeah, yeah, that's already And I don't think we have the next vote ready, do we? We we don't know what that is, no. Uh, We have to decide that uh, before the end of the month. That'll be on the next episode. That'll be something, yeah, that'll be something we bring up in the next episode. Uh, but there you go. So, so that is the next machina. Uh, so, as as we've just met, brought, mentioned, the Patreon head over to patreon.com slash TV. Uh, there's a bunch of bonuses over there, uh, and you can help support us and keep us doing more stuff, more content. And um, we actually just started something today at the time of recording on streams after midnight, uh, which is a cool little idea that uh, I had for that. And we can kind of a, we can probably do it for this show as well. We have less episodes of this show because we do two streams a week, so we'd we'd get to more of them more often uh 
But basically, the idea of like an ongoing list that our patrons can kind of submit movies to, and it wouldn't be like any kind of commitment of saying, "Oh, we have to do X number of them." But just whenever we have an open slot, we could say, "Okay, let's just look at the list of submitted movies, and we'll pick one from that list." If we, you know, if we're, I'm I'm down for that because obviously, when this show started at you know, the start of the year, yeah. we went through and made a list, but we've actually gotten you know a relative way through that list now yeah we have we have a chunk left and basically the way we work our system now we obviously we have a patreon vote winner we have we have movies that either one of us picked because we wanted to see them that we haven't seen before uh so we'll do you know one of one of his one of mine uh the patreon vote and then there'll maybe be like oh there's a sequel coming out we want to do the previous movie so and that'll be kind of the system Hence uh the reason know. we just did four sort of exactly uh, and you know maybe like we just add this into the rotation where it'd be one of his, one of mine, and then one of the the Patreon list that people have submitted. Uh, you know, depending, or maybe they'll go and vote. That was the last thing. You know, maybe on the streams because we call the streams list the crypt. It's the, the streams after midnight crypt uh, okay. where good. people submit, and it would be a public list. Like once people have submitted, we we make the list public. You could see what's already submitted, and you could look at it. Uh, and it, it's just like it's just a fun little thing where you, you get to feel like you're maybe suggesting things, and you know you, you get to see that. Uh, your, your picks are, you know, considered. I mean, they might not be picked for a while. There's no obligation for us to do it, but uh, it's on the. They basically they're on the to-do list, which is ever expanding. So yeah, so it might mean we never get to it because it's something that always goes above it. But it'll probably get done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no. um, obviously, we deserve the right to refuse certain films if you pick something silly. Because if you pick a musical, I'll be like, sure, but Pete's got gonna go. No, no chance, because he's a boring bastard. I was thinking more like a Serbian film, but yeah, sure, <laughs> musicals too. I think I think musicals are you know people are more likely to suggest that. Because oh sure, they know you don't like them. Yeah, but I was I was just thinking if someone picks like an extreme like exploitation thing that's yeah. like you know uh, just morally I don't want to watch <laughs> not not because not because I just don't <laughs> like musicals, um, but fair point too. Uh, Sorry, team, I have to watch a musical soon anyway. Yeah, if you are a patron, uh, go and go and vote in the Overload uh, and vote for Neon Demon because you don't want Matt's movie to win. You, oh, you want you absolutely want Matt's movie to you win. You want Neon Demon to win because it will make Matt suffer <laughs> and, again. Uh, <laughs> what what happens if Matt wins? What have you got to watch? Ah, uh, some some little movie. There's people in it. I don't. I don't know. Some, some... What was it called again? Ah, uh, something. Uh, I, I you're trying to think of something really t- witty now and you, t- you're stalling Tinky Winky Land or something I don't know that was atrocious that was a good joke no no you stalled that long for that I was trying to think of an all teletubby I couldn't remember the names <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Lala was one of them right there was a Lala it was, tel- yes. okay, I, right. I get where you were coming from you were, you yeah. were in a ballpark of making the Teletubby reference but this is the the, the problem is is that I, I I'm too old like I, I was like past that age like because Teletubbies for young kids like that's I guess you're toddlers, uh, yeah. I was past that age you know, I was like I don't know ten twelve when Teletubbies became a thing so I was already you can't have been I'm sure I was Teletubbies is older than that surely because I remember it like I'm not that much I mean I remember it like a lot I wasn't maybe I was slightly younger but I wasn't I was too old for it though I wasn't I wasn't young enough to be watching it when it started so I, I never seen I've never seen an episode of Teletubbies it was just a thing that was I mean, around I mean, it started what 97 so yeah it was 8 yeah you'd have just missed it by like 2 years I, sh- I mean yeah. give or take I mean I was watching Die Hard by this point but yeah sure yeah uh, <laughs> give or take for most people <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit further on the ages uh, in terms of my viewing habits. Yeah. Luckily, they have penetrated popular culture, and you know them anyway. I don't so think I'm uh, comfortable with using the word penetrated whilst talking about the Teletubbies, but... Um, yeah, so yeah, go ahead on Patreon. That's where we st- I was actually doing the plugs. I'd started the plugs, and then we went on a tangent. Uh, so Patreon... That was one thing. extended plug. You can support, you can support us there. Uh, like, subscribe, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments... All that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again. Uh, one small note. 
Uh, we did skip a week this month. I can promise you we'll be skipping one week in November as well. It won't be next week. We'll get an episode next week. Uh, but we have like multiple Netflix shows in the second half of the month. So I am very confident that one of those weeks will be going without an Influx episode. So apologies for that. But we're planning for it this month because we actually, you know, we looked at it and said, yeah, this is unfeasible. We can't fit all this in. Yeah. So we'll make the choice I'm now. still amazed we went, you know, because this, this, we started this in like January, maybe February. So some of that. Some of that. But we went a good lot while without missing a single episode. Yeah, we had two some weeks early on. Yeah. That that dried up pretty quick once all the TV started. <laughs> yeah, then it was like, <laughs> okay, we're busy now. Far too busy for that now. Uh, but hey, you know, Patreon takes off enough. We can yeah, devote yeah, more time we, to I, extra I, things. I doubt we'll ever be the machines that you and Tim have been during October. I'm ready for October to be done. Like, I, I mean, I was excited about it for the first week or two. I'm at the point now where, like, oh, God, I've got another... And we have an extra one, like, Creep 2 snuck up on us this week, so now <laughs> we have an extra one on top of the five we're already doing this week. I mean, as we're recording this, it is the 25th, so you've got six movie, six things in six days. All right, and then we do the Top 100 video, so... Uh, <laughs> basically, all, all month for Screams After Midnight, we've had episode, we have an episode that's going up every single day except the Saturdays, because the Tuesdays have had the top 100 videos and then there's been a movie every other day. Uh, this week, we're going to have a movie on a Saturday because we had a, 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 this Creep 2 snuck in at the last minute. It's oh, we need to do that. We need to do Creep 2. And then, well, the first one was very good. So. It was very good. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'll be watching it probably later tonight, I imagine. So, uh, there we go. That, that, that if you're watching this on YouTube, those are all there for you to go and watch already. Oh yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, we're probably during the week off that we're taking off at the start of November because <laughs> me and Tim are like dead and we've done... I, I actually worked it out, I think by the end of the month, we'll have done 27 episodes in October of Streams After Midnight. I'm not being funny, but that might be too many. <laughs> I don't know, part of me is like, that's only four away from every day of the month. You're, like, you're, you're kind of like, next year we could do 31. We could do 31 <laughs> next year. <laughs> oh man anyway that has been us so thank you once again for watching keep watching movies guys and we will see you next time